Tuz Biber FM Hello, can I see your passports please? Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Passport Comedy Podcast. This is the most crowded episode so far. We have five people in the room. Ooh. People heard that we are hosting Italians, right. so we now have they want more to people see them. on the podcast and listeners. It's amazing. Yeah, I am Murat Gencholu. I have on my left hand side. Oh, sweet! Look what she brought us. Wow, uh, Turkish lokum. <laughs> I think <laughs> Turkish sweets. Uh, yeah, my name is Enes. I'm gonna sometimes be here, go inside, and then come back. I'll talk. As long as uh, Leon is here, I will always talk when Leon's here. Yeah, so this is the this is and the man who's holding me captive. Yeah, and my name is Leon Sandler. Please send help. We um, have we have two guests from Italy. Uh, one is Filippo, the other one is Beatrice. Ciao. Hi, thank you very much for having us. Uh, th- thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you more. I, I, okay. I, uh, I, thank you for coming and w- thank us for sitting here and uh, seeing you guys. Well, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Tell me, what do you want me to What was I wasn't I just want to say yes. this right away, right off the bat. Uh, you look like the love child of John Lennon and Woody Allen. I, Have you heard of this before? Yes, and I... I I've never heard of this, and I wish I didn't. As long as, long as uh, we're moving into this bit, I have to ask you, now that you've completed a 14-show multinational tour, why do you still have the same haircut as Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men? Ah, uh, uh, I, I, I can't unsee it. Uh, everyone, please Google Filippo and uh, take a look at his haircut and then yeah. watch No Country for Old Men. It's an excellent film. And you'll ah, see. Yes. That's why they invited you. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of all Cormac McCarthy movies. Yeah, that um, was a weird introduction. But anyone who doesn't know about this, Filippo just did an Eastern European tour. Kind if, of. If you, if you we... say this in uh, Czech Republic, they will uh, slaughter you uh, <laughs> because they will pride themselves for being Central Europeans. Oh my I God. Don't, and I don't even Thank know. Thank God we are in Istanbul. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it was a, it was a, like a whole um, movement from, I would say from north to south, but in the north and south where you would not normally go. So from the Baltic down to here down to Istanbul. Yeah, hitting all the cities that nobody knows about. Uh. <laughs> cities that you would say, okay, uh, people don't go there because, uh, you know, they're not very central, but they must be cheap. No, absolutely not. They are uh, very pricey. There's no reason for you to go there anymore. We did all the Baltics, uh, yeah. then we went to Poland, we went to the Czech Republic, Vienna, uh, Bratislava, Budapest, Zagabria. Then we did Serbia in two cities in Belgrade and Nice, and then uh, Sofia. We need to do a post-Soviet tour. Yes. Only Eastern Bloc. Nothing else. But the tour is more expensive than the Western European tour. That's yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Because Bucharest was very expensive, you told me. I told you, but um, it is not true because we didn't go to Bucharest. Oh. We went to Budapest, but it's okay. This is not uh, <laughs> a, a podcast uh, for the ones who are interested in geography. We're interested in how expensive cities are. Yes, very, very... Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to make it about this. Do you want to say something, Bea? Because uh, well, I'm, I'm getting uh, very technical here and they don't like it. I can well, see. Well, those, uh, <laughs> those cities were famous to be cheap. 
So we decided, oh, let's go for, let's go, let's do a tour in uh, in uh, Eastern mm. Europe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we will, uh, you know, make some cash and stuff. And of course, uh, that was not cities. the main uh, main result. Uh, it's the inflation, right? Yeah. It's the inflation, the war, all of the yeah. bad things happening two, everywhere. Two no, comedians, yeah. two star hotels. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> My yeah. house as well. Yeah. Would you rate True. how how much would you rate our house uh, between one star hotel to five star hotel? Seven. Seven. Wow, that's so generous yeah. of you. Especially guys. for the brunch that you prepared <laughs> this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. But no, we started in, in uh, Budapest, and yeah, we started with uh, Eastern Europe because uh, I live in Poland, so I have. I have yeah. contact in Poland, so I was like, oh, maybe we can do a show in Poland. And I'm like, oh, let's do a tour. Uh, and uh, and the cities were which were close to Warsaw uh, we were Tallinn, Riga, Vilnius. And so we yeah. slowly built this tour from up north to here. I don't think anybody has done this ever, this, this route. Can we say? Is that possible? Yeah, not since people had to escape the Nazis exactly. in World War II. Did anyone take this route of coming? A lot of probably funny Jewish comedians on that route, you know, 70 years ago. Um, yeah. So you've done all this tour in so many different cities, different countries, different languages. What's it been like, you know, seeing different crowds reacting to your material, different levels of English, to be sure? It is awful. Yeah. Yes, it is awful I to see. It so is much. awful to see that uh, all of these people are the same everywhere you go different countries and people are the same because they're all on social media so they all have the same references so for us it's easier because you can go tour in middle of nowhere countries where you wouldn't expect anyone to understand you and at the same time because everybody spent two years in lockdown they all know what you're talking about because all the references we have are American references mm -hmm. do you think it's do you think I'm happy about that yeah you fucking American yeah I'm sorry there's only one get the fuck out of there's here there's only one way now we've, we've invented go a universal language Language and it's all just memes about Donald Trump. What can I do? Like, and I felt like I was an FBI undercover agent bringing imperialism through the form of stand-up. Yeah, if, if you're doing it in English, you kind of are. That's how it works. <laughs> That's it's what in, it is. It's in your brain. I, I know this is audio only, but for the audience, assuming there is one, Filippo immediately switched to hand gestures. He, like, it's, uh, it's not even a second. Uh, that's, this is the hand that's gesture. That's right. We're, we're, bringing, we're bringing the audio <laughs> in the for the full three, 3D experience. Um, yeah. So it is kind of true. The same. No, but what I yeah, said. What I, what I meant. Yeah. What I meant is is yeah. uh, is true. But yeah. also, it's yeah. true that our main audience were expats, mainly yes, of in course. the country. So. They yeah, were course, all connected by something yeah, yeah. and you do, us with them. Yeah, you do these tours, uh, but at the same time, you 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 know, like you're you're going for a target audience, which is the same in all of these cities. It's like misplaced people, people who think they're gonna yeah. make it in another country, people who are lost. Who have to flee their homeland and have yeah. basically given up hope. That's your target audience. Yes, yeah. American who left uh, yeah. the United States That's, thinking yeah. that uh, they were heroes somehow My, for yeah. resisting their lives the repression. Did not go well. Yeah. I gotta tell you, but um, you're very write about jokes about uh, cost of living and inflation as you travel all this uh, Eastern Europe and coming to Istanbul. Istanbul would be the place that is the most relatable. <laughs> People would relate most about these jokes because I remember booking this show like four months ago and the recommended price was around 10 euros. <laughs> yeah. And as you approached Istanbul, it dropped down to five euros yeah. <laughs> yeah. per person. Yeah. 
The joke should land, right? <laughs> Different flavor of America. You can't, yeah. you can't say, oh, nobody gets it because it's all just the same social media. It's Different all Tinder, levels. Instagram, whatever. So, like, I, I mean, there's, there's two things I want to say. Like, number one, we have to is stop that the woman from talking. Absolutely, be, please. I heard the noise. So please like, stop. Please stop. Um, there's one thing is, one thing is references and jokes and the other thing is empathy with the public and to understand that you might be in a situation in which what you normally do will not work because they might not be used to this type of like let's think about niche in um, in Serbia uh, you would have people that were into uh, seeing an English event but not all of them kind of uh, Uh, we're into uh, what I was doing, let's say. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I've been doing this long enough to know that I don't need to get too attached to my material, so I need to sort of shove it in their mouth right. somehow. Like, exactly. I need to really feed <laughs> them properly. That's the Italian you know what I mean? method. You don't ask them if they want it. You're giving it to them. No, I mean, they yeah. paid for the ticket, so I, I think that yeah, all they want is to receive something inside. So, exactly. Yeah, but in general, I think in uh, in this part of the world, of Europe, the sense of humor is very different. And I tested it living in Warsaw, in Poland. Yeah, the funniest And in the people. Baltics, is even more dry. Like, it's even, there is even less humor, less chance to see stand-up comedy. So, go Going to do comedy in those countries is much more harder in terms of audience than doing it in countries where there is a solid uh, comedy base, where there is a solid comedy scene. In those countries where we have been, there is no weekly comedy show, nothing like that. So it was much harder to, uh, yeah. to yeah. think, oh, we don't know what to expect every time because we don't know... The sense of humor of yeah, people. it doesn't matter how experienced you are. Audience yeah. has to be experienced as well yeah. to be audience members. Just because you're thought. surrounded by Turkish people, it doesn't mean you're in Berlin all of a sudden, right? We <laughs> jumped right into it actually, but uh, maybe you sh- you can give a short introduction about yourselves. How you got into comedy? Mm-hmm. I have <laughs> people and who does ah. And what is the comedy hole and where can we find it and how do we get into it? <laughs> oh, that's that's a good question. Thanks. Beatrice so, Rosano, let's yes, start with so, you. Ciao guys, I'm Beatrice Rosano. I am the founder of the Comedy Hall, which is our uh, main English collective based, comedy collective based in Warsaw. We produced, uh, we produced tour all around Europe actually. And this is uh, the tour of Filippo, Italian Rhapsody. is. Uh, Is the main tour we produce so far. Uh, we have uh, we have weekly shows, uh, but now we are trying to open up to more producing stuff, especially myself. And I am producing live I'm producing shows. Producing live show. I host the show there. I'm comedian. I started uh, a year ago, uh, and uh, and doing comedy. Uh, but this is all like I like this. I love this. 
Do you have a day job? This yeah, is I have a day job, which uh, probably they will fire me soon because <laughs> <laughs> because of the, all the because time you invest in comedy. Yeah, your name on posters. But I, I think I think I'm yeah. unconsciously trying to be fired. That's less than unconsciously, like more consciously. Yeah, maybe make more jokes about. But your I need to make more money, so I should not come here no. to have shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. That's the only lesson yeah. you get yeah. out of yeah. the yeah. yeah, The interesting thing again. about here is, if you make more money, you'll still end up making less money. It's wild. Yeah. You can charge double yeah. for the tickets, and somehow by next week you still have, will have made less. <laughs> yeah, 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 it happens. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we are working hard with uh, Jordan Thomas Gray and Ariel Bioski on the Comedy Hall, which I mentioned uh, because uh, they will be happy about this. Comedy Hall. You also have a podcast uh, yeah. to all the listeners out there. What, what's we the have so many listeners compared to <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely... So it's know. an honor to have you yeah, guys it's here. An Thank honor. you. I mean, yeah, it's, no, it's, what's the name of your happy. podcast? Climbing the ladder to uh, Joe It's Rogan. the Comedy Hall. Yeah. The Comedy Hall. And, uh, we have a host. We have guests as you guys do every time. We talk about comedy, so so you can yeah. check it out. Well, we're going to need right. you to stop because that's kind of our territory. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only podcast. Yeah. This is the only I, I will stop. This I is will. the only comedy podcast. Hello, welcome to the Comedy Hall podcast. Right. Is guys? this the only comedy podcast uh, of this uh, region? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, all the other... English all the other I mean, what, uh, Yeah, but what about the other regions? Yeah, see, in this region, all the other countries are either... Uh, their governments are too oppressive or they're consumed by war. So we've really got a good yeah. grip we on this market. Sounds like you're yeah. describing this country. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand English enough to... Yeah. But what about Lebanon? Yeah, Lebanon is a great country. Yeah, it's a great country. Economic <laughs> crisis there is. The, eco the economic crisis in Lebanon. Really nice without all the electricity. Yeah, the, the economic <laughs> crisis in Lebanon is so bad. There's no electricity. No one can do a podcast. We've got that market cornered. <laughs> they uh, have the talents, but yeah. no one can. No hear one them. can. No one can get the electricity to do a podcast. Yeah. And what about Greece? Greece, um, too gay for no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, you, you see why the Italians it's come to do comedy in these countries? Because <laughs> we still have this same good level. old humor. Yeah. Same level of humor. Well, and you were brought up in the states. Yeah, I know, God. right? Yeah. And I had to escape. Um. Ah, yeah. <laughs> how about you, Filippo? Filippo Spreafico. My God, how did you do it? Yes, you've been you've been doing comedy in Italian before doing it in English. No, I started in English. You started. I started in English. But Dio, che cazzo fatto? Oh, sorry. Yes. I have a. Italian friend who is doing English comedy in Istanbul saying that you were famous with your with a TV show that with a midget. <laughs> That's um, all I remember in Italian. So uh, I did yeah I did a, a a TV show in Italy on national TV, but that was uh, just a fluke. It was because I sometimes would go to Milan to do some shows, and uh, they went to check out another comedian. And that evening, I was in the same build, so they also spotted me. And nine months later, they asked me to do this comedy uh, show, which is a, was a panel show. Uh, it was supposed to be very improvised, but then just like the, all of the politics got involved. Uh, with national TV and it became a very kind of uh, scripted show uh, in wow. which we would have to make jokes about the news for... It's against your artistic integrity. So it was against my artistic... No, no, in the sense that they uh, hired me specifically because they could see I would improvise. Yeah. 
all and right. then they put me in a position in which I couldn't improvise at all. And anytime I tried to improvise, they would cut me off the <laughs> the show. But they kept me there. I also uh, we so uh, thankfully you brought up the word midget, which is very important for all of our native English speakers, yeah. so that they can turn off the we're not gonna program we're not immediately. Gonna bleep it. So if you're listening in Western Europe or America, just bleep it in your head. Yes. So uh, <laughs> you don't have the technology to bleep, yeah, but you would you be have, happy. You have to do it. Yeah. You would be happy. Uh, to know that the uh, midget in question will be happy about the term that you referred him with, which is midget, if nobody has heard it yet. Uh, yeah, and when I say midget, midget, I mean midget. Um, go into but, the mic a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Iman, Iman Achiti is a good friend of mine. He's from Australia. He's actually a Lebanese, but uh, mm. uh, born in Australia. And he was doing uh, the show with me as well. And I brought him on Italian television because um, he's a friend of mine. So what? that's it. So that we did it. You didn't like throw him at a target or something, did you? What happened? No, he was probably um, the only one who knew about comedy in that whole show, I think. Mm. The only one who knew about stand-up. Well, if you, 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 yeah. you should do more stand-up because no one's going to ask you to talk about the news here. Uh, the news? The news? No, no, nobody talks. Oh, you mean here in this country, uh, yeah, not here yeah, in this yeah. podcast. Both. Also, yes. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> this podcast being an extension well, of this country. the government. Yeah, you know, this, uh, well, they, they're, they're listening in for well, sure. Well, circling back to politically oh. correct words, uh, I don't really know what's the difference between a midget, a dwarf, a little person. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the income so level. Sorry if I offended anyone. The just income to, level of your country that determines the difference that yeah. you perceive. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I, th I think some words are just not good uh, for some people, and uh, and that's all I have to say. Little person is uh, the most appropriate one. I'm a little person, but I'm no midget. And uh, dwarf is nice because you can also refer it to stars, dwarf planets, dwarf oh, star. Like, no, so okay. it's it's cute. It's also, but like uh, midget, no midget is. Uh, is the most offensive. It's the most offensive, yes. Yeah. Or we, we should cut this part, yeah. by the way. Sorry, I think. Beatrice, did you want to add to that? <laughs> no. Uh, I would, hatred I that we have going on? No, I have nothing to say to add to this uh, very interesting conversation yeah. about these terms. Yeah. So please keep going. Exactly. And what is the, where, where can people find the comedy hall? No. <laughs> right. They uh, are explaining this in comedy hall in yeah, detail. Exactly. <laughs> That's you, all they talk about in exactly. the show. Yes. So, uh, they're kind of short-staffed. Um, but that, so, that, that's, I'm only um, quoting my friend. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the show myself. I just yes. uh, have secondhand information about so it. So I would say maybe it's not so representative of what I've been doing, uh, mm -hmm. but um, I, I've been focusing more on live uh, stuff. Uh, I worked, yes, on Italian TV. I did a set at the Comedy Central in Italy, but uh, mostly I started out, the first set I did was in Action in the States. I was doing improv before, and then I went to I went into stand up just by chance. And uh, uh, the first uh, the first shows I did were like open mics in the states. So I, I did a lot. I, I especially the be very beginning. I was based in Berlin, so there yeah. was a scene in English there, and uh, I also had a job that allowed me to go to the states every once in a while. So I would go there and do open mics in like literally like. You know those mics in which people sign up. There's like forty-two yes, comedians. There's only I comedians. That. I always signed up in the very beginning, and they always somehow put me in the end yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah, you get you get bumped uh, down. You get bumped because, down uh, because the uh, the other people there are taking a comedy class that's it's, being um, offered by this the place. meritocracy of the oh. states. The meritocracy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Extra levels of. 
uh, capitalism in in works. I think That's you good. have to buy a watcher and a ticket for their comedy lessons, uh, yeah. lectures. So, so yeah. So it started like this, and uh, I later started to do it in, in Italian. Yeah. Did that experience with Comedy Central kind of turn you off of uh, Italian TV in general, or is that still kind of the goal? No, I'm based in Rome right now. Um, I'm running shows both in English and in Italian. I I don't I don't know at this point because we spent most of our time talking about midgets. Yeah. So I don't know at this point. What I was staying away be? from that subject. Well, now actually, you get it back to it. The, the, your, All right, your, let's your, resurrect your friend, your friend on the TV show was a dwarf star. So um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did I offend you by saying midget? I, I'm uh, call, no. Let's look, not look, make how it. look how tall he is. How could you like, offend him? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no let's. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm getting mixed messages She's now. I don't being, understand. I so, feel bad. So, be, I, so Beatrice, uh, you, you're a very well, like accepting and, and welcoming person of all people of all kinds. And what's it been like, um, <laughs> uh, you know, organizing these shows with the comedy hall? Are you getting like a, an international team together, like the Avengers, but less funny, or what? Um, what's it like being a producer for this new international scene that you're trying to build from the ground up? Uh, so well, uh, yeah, we are an international team uh, of especially Jordan and Ariel, American and uh, and uh, Canadian guy. But we are building this thanks to all the comedians that are in Warsaw uh, for the local scene. Uh, so there used to be an English local uh, scene, but then during the the, the pandemic, uh, it stopped. Then uh, it restarted, but it was not that solid. Uh, and at one point, we were like, "Okay, fine. Let's tr- try to let's try to have an audience because mm-hmm. less and less people were coming to our shows. So we yeah. rebranded because of COVID, of course. Uh, no, because of us. <laughs> you weren't because funny of, enough. Be, no, come on, guys. Imagine, like, it's like here, right? Like, the scene is very new. Comedians are not uh, used to the stage, are not used to talking. So it's normal. It's like, yeah. it's healthy that at the beginning, the scene can suck. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a must. How many years and have we been doing this now? I am doing this for 11 years. But no, not you. <laughs> but, but Murad, but you do it especially like in I Turkish. I started in Turkish. Like, yeah, how, yeah. How, how old is the English scene here? Uh, not two years. Yeah. One and a half Yeah, years. one and a half, it's nothing. You can imagine like it's nothing, especially when you have a very little number of comedians and then you want more comedians, but yeah. also more audience. So audience and comedians needs to grow at the same pace. Yeah. Um, but so going going back to the to the tour, just not to look only about the comedy hall. Uh, I met Filippo. I I I really like Filippo uh, comedy and uh, and because he's very different from any other comedian I saw performing. He's uh, very eclectic. He's uh, original and uh, he makes uh, standard stand up comedy with the more uh, different things that he can talk about himself. But uh, with music as well. So uh, I was like. Uh, uh, Let's can I can I can can I organize your tour uh, in in those countries and he was immediately up for it. Someone's so got to exploit this young man, and I think. <laughs> <laughs> How old I, are you, I, by the way? I'm very happy I, I, to I be in Turkey tell. and just say yes. The stereotypes are still on. Which one? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, so. Filippo performs both in Italian and in English. Yes. She knows what I do better than what I do. Yes. 
What? So, Filippo, what did I say? The, sh the show that <laughs> you perform in English yes. is called Italian Rhapsody. Yeah. As Beatrice said, there's a lot of different parts to it. You improv a lot, you do crowd work, you have music. How did you get into the process of putting it all together? And have you I, changed it in the course of 14 cities? I uh, put it together uh, over... I would. I mean, I, I, you just like you just you do a list and then you make it a certain order and then you see what this works or not. And then you do... I mean... How am I supposed to reply to this? <laughs> really? Like it's a, it's yeah. you put the things in order and then you do it and then yes. What was your actual question? Uh, that was my actual question. Oh, this, that was this podcast yeah, was, is yeah. uh, this podcast is uh, created to teach Leon <laughs> comedy <laughs> American. When you say you, when you say you put you mean like with number like you, like what are numbers for? So the, in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, yeah. one thing follows another. Uh, you yes. know, and this is not just me, but there's also like uh, a whole uh, set of ancient wisdom yeah, that talks cool. about this. It's called numbers one, yes. two, three, uh, three. So, um, uh, guys, like, has a, it, as NS said, <laughs> wait, no, okay, remember. where is the gun? <laughs> like, because yeah, Let of course, play with obviously the you have different parts and you put them in order and stuff. But obviously, you've been doing this for 14 cities, and a lot of it is improvised, a lot of it is crowd work and stuff. There's so, do you do you modify it? Do you change it a lot from city to city? Has it evolved over the course of? If you want to know, um, which I think it's your purpose, yes, I, <laughs> the question was. I, <laughs> I, um, I think I had like uh, I, I had this this different skits or like these different bits. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to look for an order that satisfied me, uh, that I thought was uh, more uh, intelligible for the audience. Um, and then once I found this order, I tried to stick to it because I also just thought because I'm very prone to changing things in, in course uh, of action. So I said to myself, just stick to the order that you yeah. think you both like and it's more uh, satisfying for the audience and just stick with it. So I would say there has been a lot of uh, uh, change in the order up until the fourth or fifth show. Then after that, I kept the same order. Until the fourth or fifth show, it kind of changed and then it stayed the same. Yes. Right? So is it that you have like the opening and closing bits are the same and you put the pieces in different order or have some things dropped? Have some things been added on? I dropped a few things. I added a few things because up, up until to a, a certain point, I still had the freshness mm -hmm. to maybe write a few new jokes or like some new tags. Mm -hmm. But uh, after a while, it, it was all about where do I sleep? Where do I eat? And uh, let's get the show done. <laughs> because because there was no extra work I could do, but like in the yeah. first in the first four or five dates I could do that I could still modify things, but then it really just crystallized. So uh, I would say I changed maybe the intro, I changed the ending, but then I after that I kept those two. Uh, how about now? Do you plan to continue doing Italian Rhapsody, improving on yes, it, and we publish will... it at one point? We yes yes we will we will bring it to other cities, uh, maybe like uh, closer to everywhere, closer to the center of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of the, to the big epicenters of comedy. Right. Uh, no, we're bringing it <laughs> already to right across the border. We got all that, yeah. To the Brighton Fringe, we'll bring it to the Brighton Fringe oh. for sure. I'll do Edinburgh for sure. Uh, maybe not the entire run. Uh, we'll go to Germany. We'll go to Holland, uh, Belgium, hopefully. 
sacred though. Are but you gonna do a, Belgium like a packed tour like you did with Eastern Europe? Or I think it is more convenient in terms of uh, some dates will be I, maybe yeah. standalone dates. I think not for yeah. like three weeks in a row, but in small packs like Holland, Germany. If you do Holland and Germany yeah, yeah, yeah. or Northern, mini mini tours because to each other, right. yeah. because also doing a tour it's tiring in sense of energy. Like uh, we, yeah, as yeah. he said, at one point you just are focused on okay that's the show and then you need to eat rest because otherwise you don't have energy for the show yeah. and then you need to travel the day before it's yeah. uh, it's tiring it's, it's work it's not like taking a vacation no. and stand up it's really like yeah when and, yeah. yeah but we met other people that who love this stuff you know Viktor Patrashka yeah, yeah. yeah of course he lives on it like he can't really stay at one place uh, yeah, no he, more than nobody a wants days. him so he has to move <laughs> very quickly <laughs> Yeah, he al- yeah. also gave us some suggestions yeah, yeah. for the tour. <laughs> so thank you, Victor. When you're Romanian, yeah. you have to escape, yeah. Thank you, Victor, for not being here longer than a couple of days. <laughs> Love you, Victor. Thank Love you. Love you from a distance. <laughs> no, Victor, um, I remember I was in Milan this summer, and uh, he uh, sent me a message going like, I'm in Milan. Uh, I, I want to... I oh, want my God, to, are you in Milan? Uh, I, I, I want to open mic. <laughs> <laughs> I need a venue with 250 people. <laughs> I know how to use Facebook advertisement. Uh, so I'll pack it up. Uh, um, but All right, he, everybody knows Victor. This is a fact check. Yeah. So, but, and so there was an open mic in Italian, and I asked the guy if he could put him on and uh, he did a set and then I took him back home and uh, he really just talked to me a lot about hey, we have to do we have to do blah, blah, like that's you know right, because he right. likes He's to motivate he likes it. to motivate people yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, about uh, going on the road and doing it themselves and um, and so uh, in a way uh uh, we all owe him a lot in yeah, terms of... Yeah, I mean, of, he's... Uh, yeah. I think he's one of the first... He's an example. Yeah, you know? he's a... He's a big encouragement a precursor, a precursor of yes. doing uh, solo shows around yes, Europe. Yes, I mean... Self-produced. He scopes these cities out for you and lets you know where you're not going to make any money and then he tells you to come yeah. there. We we are not saying that uh, Victor doesn't do it because nobody wants him. We are, however, saying that he was an inspiration <laughs> yeah. for everybody. Well, it's you know? a very valuable experience he has got because... Uh, Finding the right venue, mm-hmm. uh, doing it by trial and mistake, uh, it's going to drain a lot of energy from you. F- somebody experienced mm-hmm. can save you a lot of time and energy. And yeah. thanks to Victor for that, I think. And also, there is, uh, I think that in terms of uh, if you're a valuable comedian, there is no competition in terms of, oh, uh, if I don't give you a suggestion on this venue, you're going to steal my followers or whatever. No, it doesn't work like that because there are so many comedians who are doing those solo shows, mm-hmm. but they are uh, not well structured. The promo is not well done because uh, beside the artistic part, there is the business part, mm-hmm. which is, uh, yeah. let's say, 50-50 of this job. And uh, so, yeah, like exchanging, exchanging uh, suggestions and advices on where to go, where not to go, especially, it's yeah. very helpful. So that's my understanding of the comedy call. You guys have built like an underground network, right? Like to smuggle people across uh, <laughs> different national lines. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, that's how the, any business work, right? Like, and Especially also Turkey, being yes. things, doing things alone doesn't work anywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to build connections and to support get the support of the locals especially mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. You are locals on YouTube. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I'm, I'm the imperialist, but yes, and yet somehow they employ me. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Filippo, so, I mean, going back to the show, I'm, I'm curious because, again, it is very improvisational, and, and I think it's, that's really great because, yeah, when you're seeing improv or you're seeing crowd work, you're seeing something you know is only going to happen there that night in that instant. Um, but when you were putting it together, what was your process like? Do you begin with improv and crowd work, or do you, do you write a song and then put lyrics, or... Is it all at once? Um, <clears throat> I mean, w I think what, what I do in the show is representative of what I've, how I have uh, been <clears throat> approaching stand-up in general, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, um, more about presence. 90% is presence, 10% is try to write some material. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, uh, let's say that the way in which I have approached stand-up uh, has not been, from the very beginning, too obsessed with material. I think a lot of comedians uh, worry a lot about what material to write. And uh, for me, it was a bit the opposite. I needed to know what type of performer I was before that material would maybe like... Um, you know, words are a layer on top of mm -hmm. what type of performer you are. Right. There's also so, your presence. There's also your delivery, so all of that. I yeah. would say I, I, I've focused more on uh, try to feel as free as possible. Uh, but then, of course, you do have, I mean, there is material, there is all of all of that. And I had the, maybe the luck to practice a lot. I practiced like when I was, uh, you know, like she started uh, the comedy hall in Warsaw. Um, when I started doing comedy in Berlin, there really were very, very few open mics. It was the, the beginning of the scene there as well. So we had the luck of having the freedom when you are uh, starting like a scene that is starting you have the freedom of basically taking more uh, stage time and i would maybe i spent like the first uh, the second the second year maybe like into 6 months of of stand up there i would just go on stage without material because i wanted it was awful sometimes it was great sometimes but i just wanted to um train that muscle a lot so Mm, now I I can maybe do material and I'm very comfortable with uh, riffing on it, improvising on it, but I do have a place where I'm going to at the end. Yeah. I'm, I'm not 100% doing the same yeah. thing at every show, you know, of yeah, course. Absolutely, and I, I think that's valuable because anybody can, like, write... Uh, well, not everybody, as we've seen. But many people can write jokes, but it's different to actually be able to respond to things yeah, in the yeah. moment, to improvise, to adapt. That's what actually makes somebody a comedian, yeah. I think. I think re you really have a successful, you really done a successful job dissolving the barrier that your true self and your stage persona seems really close to each other. And it really suits you. For good you or you bad, a, yes. Yes, it's oh, it's uh, it's no because it is true. Like first you are a normal person, yeah. And then you do you start doing this, and uh, uh, your normal uh, person uh, disappears, yeah. and it's uh, taken over by the stage person. And uh, now I uh, am effectively a stage person, even in my private life, which is uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, very proud of. Even in your dreams, no, you, you're going you on ever, stage. like meet somebody and you're just having a conversation with them, and you're like, yeah, so what do you do? Oh, I'm doing it again, aren't I? Okay. <laughs> so, guys, uh, do you want to talk about the special relationship you have in between you? The special relationship like, that we have. Yeah, this is like the... Uh, I think it's a special relationship <laughs> because uh, we uh, complete each other in the sense that uh, uh, I needed somebody who uh, could uh, believe in what I do and also uh, actively believe, which means do something. Yeah. Uh, for the belief. 
uh, that they have yeah. in me and uh, it is lucky we have a similar sense of humor so uh, she can uh, she can definitely do things I am not able to do uh, uh, which means uh, okay, cooking yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> cooking if you could bend down that low you know yeah. true. <laughs> you can't cook no uh, yes she can't uh, no can't. Uh, no I'm what I'm saying is uh, I you know with uh, the With how comedy has developed in the past uh, 10 years, you like all of the normal gatekeepers uh, are not uh, they're still around. Keep, they're not this yeah, they're, they're yeah. not but no they're not keeping the gate uh, as effectively as effectively yeah. as they yeah. did yeah. Uh, before. Um and um I've noticed like even just, you know, you want to do an open mic, you need to now before yeah. like maybe even five years ago you just put the event on Facebook and that's it. But now yeah. Uh, there's all of these algorithms and yeah. and ways to promote and it's it's not like a comedian like an artist has to be artist like of course any artist has to learn how to promote himself mm-hmm. but, yeah, you, yeah. but you can't do it alone as she said before mm-hmm. yeah. so for me I, it's extremely valuable what the the work of Bea has done and I know that she will do uh, with uh, many other comedians <laughs> and many other yeah. uh, many other events. We've had enough of yeah. gatekeepers. We want to make our own, starting with Beatrice. Exactly. Like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Can we say she's a gate opener yeah. for many of she's them? A, she's, yeah. a, she's a, she's a woman, corkscrewer. This woman has her gates open. I got to tell you. <laughs> That's nice. Which city on the tour had the worst food? The, the worst what? The worst food. The worst food? In which city and with, of this tour? Of this uh, tour. Well, for me, it's a bit hard because uh, in all those countries, the, the dishes are, are based with meat mm-hmm. and I don't eat meat. So. Oh, yeah. You should get out of this country as fast as you can. But, <laughs> but, oh, but for, she can eat fish. It's okay. Yeah, oh, I can yeah. eat fish. Fish is not meat. I can eat yeah. fish. Oh. They're conscious, but not by much. Okay. Um, I would say the worst food uh, was in... Uh, yeah, but we had uh, mostly Asian food everywhere we went, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing, isn't it? No matter where you go, Chinese no matter where food, you go, there actually, is a, the worst food there is a Volt rider, there is the Liveru, yeah. there yeah. is always an immigrant who is on a bicycle. Chinese food yeah. everywhere you go, and this is no, why it's a I United say, Europe. I, 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 we we had the worst food was at like we went to a Turkish kebab in Prague, and oh. it was yeah, the worst. Okay. Oh. I'm sorry to say this, but falafel well hard like stones. Oh no! I'm sorry to say smoke. Do you have one for me? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Falafel is not yeah. a Turkish food, but the thing is, with oh. Tur- in Turkey, no other uh, cuisine could make it. Like, yeah. there's Asian places, yeah. there's Indian places. There's like only two Indian sh- uh, places in Istanbul. There's a couple of maybe uh, Asian is, places. And this is not. No, but it's, this is for it, the quality of your food, not because you're racist. Yeah. No, not because well, we're, we're racist, but people don't. People are, pe- pe- people don't like other food. I think. Yeah. Like, oh, we, yeah the Turks are kind of. But scared. it's the same with Italy like, as well. Same, I think it's the same in Italy. It's Indeed, the same in like Italy. you guys are proud of your food. Yeah. When you go abroad, you go to a pizzeria, pizza sack. It's the same. Like you can find good places where to eat. No. But in Italy. It's very hard for other restaurants, other cuisines yeah, to, yeah. Uh, uh, to be. Yeah, and when Italians go to other restaurants, it's like, oh, let's have this type of experience. Yeah, exactly, the yeah. same we, in Turkey. It's, it's not for the food. We yeah, go home and for the food, no. <laughs> Turks are scared <laughs> it's just for of the experience. food, for real. And it's very expensive. Well, the, the thing about like Asian food, it's the same, no matter if you're wherever you are in Eastern Europe, like uh, General Zhao's chicken is General Zhao's chicken, orange chicken is orange chicken. Why? Because that's American Chinese food. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was invented. That cuisine was invented by Chinese immigrants in, in to States. America for Americans. Yes, right. Like uh, macaroni cheese, exactly. Deep dish pizza. Yeah. Uh, All of these abominations and yeah, atrocities yeah, yeah. that you're naming is an Italian, and and yet they well, they've garnered a lot of uh, uh, positive reviews, popularity. Yeah, yeah. TripAdvisor. Yes, but uh, the best pizza is just with mozzarella and a, a little bit of basil and a little bit of the ass of my mother. Yes. Oh yes, of <laughs> all all time, <laughs> ass juice of mother Italian mothers are the yes. <laughs> Secret ingredient Did you inside. Say ass juice. Ass juice, yeah. <laughs> it, it, butt crack juice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens only when you run around a mile and then the, the uh, a gram of butt juice comes out in one mile of running. <laughs> I like to know I'm speaking to an expert. Yeah, yeah, I, I am an expert. <laughs> I <laughs> we we export them. I mean your name is NS. I mean come an on. Ass, it's, yeah. Bit, it's yeah. <laughs> in Australia when I grew up in Sydney they used to call me an ass. But yeah, uh, so Italian food is a very nice, uh, very, very, very beautiful. It's a great topic for me to discuss. Yeah, uh, in uh, because in you are a chef. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I am a representative of my culture, and oh. uh, my culture is based on layers and layers and layers of pasta. So, what do you think about Roman Empire? <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk about that. Well, yeah, yeah, it's too soon. It's too uh, soon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, football. football. Is that next? <laughs> and what do you think about the defenders of... And Napoli is winning the league. And uh, she's from Napoli, so we yeah. have a lot of... All right, I, I'm not quite uh, intelligible about football. Why don't you ask the questions, Enes? I know. What, what's, what, what are your favorite Italian players in history? But Italian players? Football, football game. Oh, Italian yeah. players. But Italian, Italian or like that played in Italy? Because no, no, if you say that played in Italy, then that's uh, that's gonna uh, you say Maradona, uh, yeah, because she's from but, uh, Napoli. Yeah. Napoli. <laughs> no, I'm saying Italian players. Like I grew up with Christian Vieri. Uh -huh. He was Australian, but he was Italian. And like I was saying, what's the, who's the best? Baggio, Roberto Baggio. Uh, Baggio was good. Yes. Um, I'm not an expert, but me, I had. What's my, your favorite? My hero was Gianluca Pagliuca, uh, who that? was the keeper of Inter Milan in the 90s, yeah. the late 90s, and we were born the same day. So I, and also I played as a keeper as a kid. So I was a big fan of Gianluca Pagliuca, who was the second, mm -hmm, second goalkeeper of, for Italy. Before. And he never played? Mm -hmm. Was that right? He never played? Well, for Italy. He didn't, but I mean, he did sometimes, yes. Oh. But he was... Um, so he, he was your hero growing up. You you were a keeper as yeah, well. Yeah, he was a keeper. Did for you play Inter football Milan. Any, any time in your life? Like play semi-professional football? For I played up or? until I was uh, 17. 17. I'm short, so I was not a good keeper. That's my that's my phone ringing. You were short, and that's why you're not. I a was keeper. I was short, short, but I still am. <laughs> <laughs> but I was too. I didn't grow a bit, like, but the, yeah. But until you're 17, you you never know who's gonna grow. Now I know. Yeah, now you know. And yeah. uh, it hasn't moved. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't really moved. We were talking about like I was an Inter Milan fan in Italy. I liked Inter Milan more than Milan. Like I don't have a favorite team, but um, it, it was Inter Milan versus like he doesn't even say he doesn't even say San Siro. You say Giuseppe Meazza, right? Ah, um, no, my bad. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the stadium. You guys don't know. He, they just tapped out of the they have completely switched off. Yeah. Yeah. What's the I'm like national sport? Here? What's I'm, the football, most? It's I'm football. thinking about it's fascist football. uniforms in my head. Fascist <laughs> uniform? No, no, man, no. 
Lazio's the fascist team. But you in think... Italy, in Italy, football has this social part because, yes, for example, yes. why uh, when Maradona was in, uh, the fact that the South won, like the Napoli city from the South won the league was such yeah. a thing because it was a social winning. Like versus the ra- the the north of Italy, the right wings, the, ra- <laughs> the north right of Italy, wing. which was like uh, the representation of uh, of other values. That like uh, oh, we have the, the 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 jobs, we have this, we have that. We are uh, culturally uh, developed versus yeah. uh, you guys that are in the south. So uh, football is a f- is a, like it's is in our blood because it's uh, it's a social it's much more than just a sport exactly that's what that's why uh, we like like in turkey it's much more than it's sport but people just drain it down so it's just because it's sport they say that don't mix politics with football don't mix sociology with football it's just a pack of guys yeah, going but to now it's the mix most mixed with politics yeah, yes. it's, it's the most like yeah. <laughs> even politicians go into teams just to make a name for themselves and to get elected later on have a question so yeah. you know um up until maybe uh 15 years ago no what I, what year is this tw- 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 20 23. no 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 so uh <laughs> the first so this is what i've learned recently uh, up until 1995 in italy uh the all all of the games were played in the afternoon 3 p.m to 5 yeah. p.m all of the games at the same time That's how it was. You know, nowadays, there's a game on Friday, there's a game on Saturday, yeah. there's two games on Sunday, Sunday evening, uh, Monday uh, afternoon, f- because of the TV rights. Because of the TV rights. Right. But this was, you know, this, the Sunday uh, afternoon was connected to the fact that on Sunday morning, you go to mass, you go to church. Exactly. So the Sunday was dedicated to church and football. Okay. This is the beautiful Sunday experience and they are both congregations they're congregations so on on uh, in the morning and you do your duty whatever, which is to yeah. pray and in the afternoon you hope yeah. that you prayed good enough for the, your team to win mm. okay so this has been completely destroyed exactly. by uh, the you know money money, money. Plat- yeah. but also <laughs> the church yeah. uh, because <laughs> it's not as powerful as it was so otherwise we would have kept the games on so here there's a different type of uh, going to mass in a way yeah. so which is uh, more frequent yeah Uh, yeah. is, <laughs> five times a day <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how do you see because for me I just realized this that their connection the, the church is failing uh, in uh, in Italy in western countries and so all of the matches have been spread out so to yeah, cover yeah. more what about here is this a topic we can discuss in this podcast let me think about it it's a nice question because the connection like it, between football and is there, uh, like, is there a connection at the least do you see the general one? way people congregate yeah. is actually yeah you can you can put that connection But I think I don't know. Uh, in Turkey, like although there is, we we have to pray like culturally pray five times a day. There's like a routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people, like ninety percent, ninety five percent of the people that pray, only pray on Fridays. Right. So like uh, the people that pray in a routine like five times a day, that's not really, uh, it's not really widespread. So and we our pray the way we pray is not a congregation. We can pray on ourselves by ourselves. So we don't have to get together actually. So you're to like pray. Protestants in that. Yeah, thing. something like that. Sure. <laughs> uh, the Protestants. <laughs> Sorry, of, that'll be said on the podcast. Like <laughs> between Jews, Christians, and Muslims, like the Muslims are more Protestant yeah. because I think it's because the religion was formed by in the Arabian Peninsula and it was all sand and the place always changed. So the, you always needed a place for yourself. Not people. When they come together in the Middle East, you know, bad things happen. Yeah. So we don't try to come together a lot. Uh, but like, yeah, football is actually like an imported sport. It was imported like 150 years 
ago. We normally do uh, wrestling. That's the that's the real sport. Greco-Roman fight. Greco-Roman uh, wrestling or people on back of the horses, you know, put, uh, aiming at like, you know, hunting things. So football is actually new. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we that's got got. That's thing, how we right? got to Vienna. Some, some uh, <laughs> and we couldn't conquer Europe. Uh, yeah. But like, but not in a football match. I don't think there's like a real <laughs> connection between religion and football here. Uh-huh. But it's more of a nationalistic thing. Like for example, uh, there was a Besiktas stadium. The one before this one was actually made by an uh, Italian architect uh, from the Mussolini era. So it uh, the, the best architecture ever exactly, made. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. By the way, and you know, uh, Hitler, like not the Hitler era European architecture is very bad, but the Italian one, you know, it's very. It's, it's, it's definitely it's with, not as bad as the Hitler architecture. No, no, no it's with that? finesse. Actually, <laughs> it's with finesse. It has like you know, yes, yeah, you can big see blocks, big yeah. blocks with small birds around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And with, uh, like, back then, the idea of the stadium was actually pulled out of the Italian culture, actually. Yes. The idea of the stadia, people getting together, it's not necessarily Turkish or it's not necessarily Eastern uh, because we don't actually congregate in that way. So I think it's a culture put on top of whatever we have. And games being played around, like, uh, if it, like, most of, you know, there's a call for prayer. It, we don't yeah. care if it's uh, the game is just after the call for prayer or before the prayer. It would just be in the middle. But I think that's the same as because of the rights of the football game, the TV rights. Yeah. But I think uh, before it used to be a daytime sport as well in Turkey. Like yeah. it used to be because the sun's up. You don't need to. Uh, you yeah, don't need electricity. More it's more economic. People. It's it's even better when it's daytime. Like when you go to Premier League, the best games I watch is like when it's <laughs> at noon. Yeah. Because you can do whatever you want afterwards. You can go night out or it's Sunday anyway. So the next day is work. But in Turkey, I don't think it's really related to worship. But it has that kind of catharsis, that worship catharsis to, to, towards your team. Uh, if we could have went to the Fenerbahce game, you would have seen yeah. how fanatic they were. Like it, Italians, I think the Napoli, Lazio fans, and the, they're very fanatic. These guys are fanatic even more, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because th- th- I know I know a friend that was thrown onto the pitch. Yeah, but because <laughs> by because, other fans. because usually those fanatic are also stupid. Honestly, in the sense that, and I, and in the sense yeah. that, oh, why? No. No, no, I have to no. say this. Why, like, it's like. Because we had so many incidents, people died at the stadium. Why? Yeah. Exactly. Like, the why? Same things happen other, here. People how many people die at work? There's other kinds of. No. What is this? Other kinds like, of fanatics. Like, the I don't understand. I, I don't more. understand. Sports <laughs> should, should should bond people together yeah. and. In violence. Uh, but it's it's more about making like it's 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 about I think it's more about violence than it's well, about people, people getting together. Because those people are frustrated. They yeah. go to the stadium, release all the stress of the week. That's that's so, so why think, yeah, they. Yeah, but that's kind of a catharsis for men. Because like in Turkey, I don't I, know how mixed the crowd is. I think is. it's because it's a Italy. business, and the business is built up by hate. So I I how this business of football is growing because I bet that you lose. So, and in the betting that you lose with money, you there is much more hate than before. I don't think so. so this I is think why you it became was a worse. promoter. I think it was worse before than it's now. When money goes in, people don't hate each other that much. Yeah. They just say they hate each other. They hate Barcelona if you're around. Yeah, that, now fact. it's worse for but me. 
20 years ago, they used to kill each other. Yeah. Like But 30 no, years ago in this country. Or even in this country, in, in like Liverpool, like in I, England. I, I must disagree, but just because now there, there are more rules in the stadium for, for example, we cannot enter without passport or like we cannot go. Just yeah, of course. Like, It's more because controlled why, because, money yeah, because is, the more money is inside. No, because uh, there were so many incidents. and. Uh, yeah, what I think is there was many incidents before it got very capitalized. Like it was more patriotic. I, I have a question. Why in football is one of the few sports in which those things happen? Like if you go to a volleyball match. It doesn't happen anymore it, in football. Why did it, it still like happen? In the last it, 20 years, I, I don't remember. Dutch Dutch It's team, a, uh, the Dutch uh, fan base came to Rome and destroyed uh, some fountains. Because yeah. why? Man. It's a more uh, popular sport. Three years, years ago. Was it Feyenoord? I can't remember. Uh, but it was in Piazza di Spagna. Yeah. Uh, oh, they destroyed, destroyed this. Mm. but hooligans. Yeah, but why it, it happens only in football? Well, Because uh, Northern European barbars come and destroy. <laughs> this is yeah. what they've yeah. do, been doing History for decades. History repeats itself. Yeah, this but is uh, what it, they it's do. a more popular sport, right? I mean, there's there's hockey violence. There's hockey violence in Canada. I I think know? it's be, it's much it's because of the business yeah. that is around. It does definitely make makes it worse because the business is also promoting, but being. With I Woody. like the way I like that there was this Napoli game I watched. Yeah. When Maradona was playing at the end, Maradona would just sniff, a, snort, snort some cocaine after the game. After running for 90 minutes, he would just snort. Do you know that clip? There is a well, clip. Uh, uh, we before say there was no rules about like what what you would do as a sportsman, like what ah. we do, and like so uh, even people that did sport used to smoke. It it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the people on the in they the were crowd, drunks and they yeah, yeah in the crowd they weren't controlled that much, so there was more incidents. And what what we have now is uh, because there's so much money. And then going they into go it. get home and they beat their wife. That's yeah, of course. That's, that's, that's the that's the. the How else can you that, train? <laughs> exactly. That's the part of the tradition we're keeping. That, they don't fight anymore in the stadium. This is like I... a, this is like a catharsis, uh, like a Dion, Dionysus uh, event for, like you know, they would just drink and spit and they would put out their energy there at the stadium. People and mostly men, but I don't know if there is if it's the same in Italy. But in Turkey, like 99% of the crowd is men. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't know uh, here, woman. Uh, can enter the stadium, yeah, right? Course, Since now. ever? Uh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> okay. There was even, like, I, I like the fact that in Turkey, I don't know if you saw in the news, to Fenerbahce, the uh, federation gave, a, uh, gave like, a, the, because there was so much violence, like, they sweared a lot to the, like, uh, I think, to the referees or something, and they had a two-match ban without any audience, like, without yeah. any crowd. But then the federation changed that uh, to only women could enter. So the stadium was filled with 50,000 women that were just chanting in a very high-pitched voice. It was very funny. Wow. And I like I like the way that the Federation thought if we're going to give a... Yeah, a punishment. A punishment. It's going to be it's only, be women, only women night. Everybody wins. There's less violence, but they still get punished. You know, it's... Yeah. <laughs> And like the footballers were like just like watching around the, the crowd more than the crowd was watching the football. That's very nice. <laughs> I like that. Like wow. that yeah, we come up with Guys. solutions here on the on podcast. <laughs> you have, have all uh, strong opinions about football. I like it. Uh, would you yes, bring some uh, moderation now <laughs> to this. Yeah, I think we are approaching to the end. Uh, yes, uh, we've been approaching. To the end, multiple the end. times. Since the very <laughs> beginning. Since the beginning. Since the the beginning. Yeah. Uh, thanks the so much for coming. Uh, where 
our audience, like ten thousands of listeners, can follow you. Yes. Give us Preofico, the next show you have and the all the upcoming shows. We will go. I mean, I'm gonna go back to Rome now. Uh, we're gonna go back to our normal uh, occupations. Uh, you don't talk about uh, football and Turkish food versus Italian food yes. and other things as well that we don't want to disclose. Exactly. <laughs> you are, of course, uh, very welcome to come to Rome whenever you want. Uh, Thank uh, you. We're doing shows uh, in in English. Uh, so you will be able to test uh, all of your uh, material against Italy. Uh, that in, sounds lovely. In Rome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I will be waiting for you in Warsaw, Warsaw. Poland. And Beatrice, thank you. How can people get a taste of the comedy hall? Uh, you can check us on Instagram on the comedy hall <laughs> at the comedy hall. <laughs> so the main uh, medium you use is Instagram. People should yeah. follow yeah. Filipos Preofico. Yes, yeah. if, you can, if you the can spell hall. it F I L I double P O S P R E A F I C O. I got lost. Play the podcast back at half speed, will, you'll get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or you can check out the comedy hall. You will also find Filippo posts there. And uh, if you don't find him directly, you can follow him yeah. from there. It's been lovely, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you coming. very Thank much. You guys. Uh, very happy to be here in Istanbul, actually. Well, yes. thank, thanks for coming. It's, it's the only place where we saw snow of all of the countries we've been. Well, you've been lucky. Yes. Uh, so oh, I could not all of the wait. listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it was Murat Gencholu. Leon Sandler. Thank you. Filippo Spreafico. <laughs> and... Ciao ragazzi, grazie Beatrice Rossano. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, folks.